This is Coast and County Radio's Extra Time Podcast in association with Scarborough College and powered by Grundon Graphics. 97.4 FM, through the Vales, across the Moors and along the coast. Extra Time, sporting reviews and opinions from those in the know. Welcome to the latest edition of the Coasting County Radio Extra Time podcast with Scarborough College. And I'm very pleased to say my latest guest is Ryan Whitley, the Scarborough Athletic Goalkeeper on loan from York City. How are you doing, Ryan? Yes, all good. Thank you, Andrew. Excited to be here. Nice to have you with us. Uh, and what we do on the uh, Extra Time podcast is we probe a little deeper into uh, past career um, and a little bit more about yourself uh, the, rather than our usual shortened interviews. Um, so uh, I'm going to start off from the start, um, of course, uh, uh, at York City, where you remain. Um, just tell us about uh, when you first signed that first professional contract. Yeah, I think I was obviously yeah, I was kind of the, one of the highlights of my career so far. Obviously, it's only been quite short, but it was a very proud moment because I think every kid dreams of becoming a pro footballer, and it doesn't really matter what level is is that that title you get. It's it's a privilege to to be. I just remember going into I think it was my second year scholar. I got it at the start, the start of the season, and it, it kind of was a bit unexpected as well. Um, so it was, it was very, it was a great moment for me and my family. So it's all, it's a moment I'll always, always remember. And before that, just going back to uh, as a junior, I mean, can can you remember when when York scouted you when they uh, they brought you in? Uh, yeah, so I was at Fulford, just local side, and I think my dad messaged a few clubs asking, like, can I come on trial and just just to try see what happened, and got I managed to get a trial at York and. Quite a funny story. Is like I, I probably wasn't going to get signed until Ingy showed up to training. Uh, so he, he was he was quite a big reason why I signed there. So it was quite a it was quite fortunate that he came down to one training session, and from there I just kind of kicked on. Fantastic. I was going to say, was was it always a realistic ambition in your mind to become a professional footballer? Uh, not really. I didn't really think anything of it till. Uh, when I was younger, I was just playing Sunday league with mates and had a bit of fun. And I think it was end of, end of maybe under 13s. And like a, a guy I known for a while, he, he knew like a lead scout. So he just recommended me to there. I went in there and their academy coach, like you could see that he made a bit of raw, raw potential. So he, he said to just to try and see if he can get anywhere. And that's when it kind of like the first part was, oh, I could. I could maybe make a career out of this, even at like a young age. Obviously, hard work's instead and hard work needed still to have a long-lasting career. But that was when the first time I kind of realised I might have a chance. And uh, at that point, I mean, did, did you, um, you know, things transfer very much back to uh, to sport in terms of your future? Or, or was it still very much, you know, your parents saying, well, make sure you get your, your qualification, stay at school and, and see how um, see how the football goes? Yeah, I think I think any any sensible parents would still tell the child to concentrate on school because the percentage of becoming a footballer is very low. And even in my position now, like, I, I could be next year. I could be 
could be out of a job and I need the qualifications to back me up. And even like with injuries and that, one one bad injury and that could be you, could be you done if you're not on the tens of thousands of pounds a week like the Premier League, Premier League players are. You needed like a backup plan. So there was, there was always a plan just to do well in school, which I ended up doing all right in my results. So I've kind of got that fallback plan if it doesn't actually work out. Can I can I ask what the fallback plan is? Uh, well, I haven't really got one yet because uh, I'm still going with um, going to football. But I think it'd be something to do with sports, maybe even the teaching job or something like that. Uh, probably I'd got to look into. Yeah, um, and uh, in terms of of how things change when you you sign on professionally, I mean, what 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 sort of things do you do then? First of all, is it similar to what you you were doing with? Uh, with Fulford in the junior ranks, or is it, you know, a huge change in terms of the coaching and everything? Yeah, it's definitely a bit like it's more like I'd say when I was like with Fulford, you know, you had to train, and it was only really games you were doing. Um, but when that transitioned, when I got came to like York Academy, you started like training like as a as units. So obviously, I was with the goalkeepers a lot of time working on specific things. Um, so that was a bit of a change. And just probably a bit, a bit more fresh, a bit more, I don't know, like competitive maybe because it's a cutthroat world. So you could tell the difference like between the Sunday League and uh, and being at like a club like York City. And and uh, did you start to feel yourself developing as a player as well as a result? Yeah, because I think that that first year when I came came to York, I. I, I believe I improved quite massively, uh, just with everything. Got with my goalkeeping, and I say he was quite a big part of that. And and I think just probably believe for myself that I could could do it in that first year at York. I went, I, I went, I ended up getting my scholarship within three, four months of being there. So I, even over that time period, I uh, I improved really, really well. Fantastic. Uh, uh, and while you'd, uh, you'd got your professional contract, uh, you went out on loan, I think, first to Whitby Town. Yeah, yeah. First to Whitby, that was, uh, yeah, that must have been, I think, maybe the November, just after I signed the first contract. So I, I, I would have just turned 18, I think, and played 10 games for them. Uh, that, that was a vital experience at, at 18 years old, uh, just to get out and play men's football. And I, I enjoyed that quite well. How did it? Uh, how did it come about? Um, I think then the keeper coach, who's actually my keeper coach now at York, but he, he's had he's come back after a spell away. I think he knew someone there, and I think Shane Bland just left to go somewhere else. Who's obviously gone back to Whitby, and they needed a keeper, so they kind of just on a, an initial month flow and came in and. I, 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 did all right to be fair. Um, then I think got extended another couple of months, uh, so it was like three months in total. So it was kind of like he, he knew someone there, I think, so which was quite fortunate for me. So, how did you find the Northern Premier League then? Uh, not too much dissimilar to it now. Um, I think it was quite a physical league, and I went at a time when it was like getting to winter, and most of the pitches were weren't the best, so it was. You couldn't play in a lot of them. It was literally you route one, and I think we had like Matty timing up front then, and he could hold it up, uh, hold the ball up like a nice target man to aim for. Uh, but I think a lot of teams still now they kind of 
uh, direct and physical, and that's what it was like back then. It was only a few years ago as well, so it hasn't changed too much. No. Um, I was going to say, uh, I think some teams send out uh, uh, their players, their pro players to, to Northern Premier League grounds to, to toughen them up a little bit. Did, did you feel it, it gave you a bit of a um, an introduction into football and did toughen you up a little bit? Yeah, I think you kind of got like thrown in a deep end a little bit because I've gone from playing with kids uh, and like not being not well, not at my age, but it wasn't that physical. You got the odd like tall and strong player, but to go from like my own age to men's at, at such like a, a young age was it was kind of it was good for me in the end. But it could have gone the other way. It could have could have like mentally it could have killed me but I think I dealt with it well and it was kind of like a, you got to see what it was like in playing men's football so it was really good So it was a little bit sink or swim I suppose and yeah, you returned to York City after your spell at, at Whitby Town, uh, what was next for you? Uh, I think I just went back in that year and just uh, just carried on after the next kind of year or so I was just the rest of the youth team that year, then I came to my first year pro. Then uh, I was just I was sat on the bench for most of it. I think I played the last five when Steve Watson, the gaffer now, came in. Um, so it was literally a lot of, after that season, it was kind of a lot of waiting around and just waiting for the next opportunity to try and play that men's football. And when I came in, when I played for York for five games, I, I thought I did well as well. So, that Whitby experience kind of set me up for them five games at York as well. And then it was Scarborough Athletic next. Uh, it was actually South Shields before then. I went to Shields just before the uh, COVID hit, just for a month, only played four or five games. Um, and then obviously after once and the next season restarted, it was Scarborough, yeah. And, uh, and and again, a little bit further down the line, uh, you find yourself reunited with Michael Ingham. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's a funny old world like football. Uh, you don't don't know when you're going to bump into someone again. So I, I always you always got to keep good relations with everyone. And training well, he's been a massive part of my career so far. So it was it was nice to see when he got the assistant manager's job here, and even John, I've known him since I was younger when I. Was, at York youth team. So when they got the job, I thought it, it, this could be a good good situation for me. And and was it uh, Michael Ingham that, that approached you about uh, going back to Scarborough? Yeah, he just, he just rang me in the off-season and just, just said, I'm going to get him the job he looked like and just asked me if I wanted to, to come and play some games and I just snapped his hand off because that's, that's what I need at my age. I need to play quite a few games and just to get more experience under my belt. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, you'll have been aware of Scarborough Athletic previously. Uh, was there anything about the club that surprised you when you came in? Uh, I think, to an extent, maybe like the passion of fans. You know, I, I knew it was kind of like being a big club. Uh, and every, every, I'm not saying not every team's fans cares, but they, they, they're proper passionate and the atmosphere, once it gets going at Flingerland Stadium, it's quite a nice, it's a great atmosphere once they start all chanting. So that maybe took me back a little bit, but I think it was just like most clubs, like the lads are always decent and the 
people in and around the club that are always nice to talk to. So that, that, that aspect was all good. Yeah, I was going to say, just take us into the dressing room a, a little bit, Ryan. So um, who, who is it that uh, uh, that have a laugh? Who are the main sort of uh, jokers in there? Uh, I think Jimmy Beadle's up there. I think he's the one. I know he's part of the coaching staff as well, but he gets the lads. He, he, he's always up for a bit of fun. Uh, I think Jack, Jack, Ashley Jackson gets a bit of a bit of a stick sometimes, but he takes it all well. So I think every, everyone's kind of got a funny side to him. There's still, I think, I, I, love, I think Will Thornton's quite funny as well. So I'd probably say that it, Will and uh, Jimmy for me are probably the funniest. Very good. I, I was going to say, and in terms of the management, um, how do Jono and uh, Mike Lingham go? Uh, are they are they shouters? Are they are they quiet? Do they do they take the uh, the opinions of the of the players? Uh, how, how do they um, tend to uh, conduct themselves in terms of the of the dressing room and their demeanour? Uh, I don't I don't think they're shouters, but they, they get the point across uh, when when they say something. They they, they don't I don't think they. They like to shout. They might. They might have to at some occasions, but but they get the point across. And I think the players kind of got to take on board quickly what they wanted to do. Uh, I think yeah. After after the last few games we've lost, we're there for ten fifteen minutes, and everyone's having a little talk about why why we how we how has this happened? What what we're doing wrong? What can we do better? Um, so everyone kind of gets a little say in it and. And I think you need to as well because, especially with the situation right now, we need a we need a couple of good results to go our way. Yeah, of course, there is a big gap now uh, coming up uh, before the the game at Grantham Town. Um, is that possibly a a bit of a good thing that the chance to regroup a little bit, get a few training sessions in, and and really plan and and maybe go back to basics ahead of that trip to Lincolnshire? Yeah, definitely. I think I think with this break is kind of. It needed for us just to, to hit that reset button and just uh, start again, and I think just just relax a little bit, take your mind a bit off football. Obviously, you still have the training sessions, but you can just relax and just in, enjoy the week and a half. And then when it comes to next Saturday, we all need to be on it, and we just need a win just to just to get that momentum going again, and hopefully we'll get a few good results strung together. And what do you feel has been the the thing that's that's really turned because uh, Scarborough going into uh, the bank holiday game against South Shields, they they hadn't lost. They were on the back of a of a good run. I think there was three wins in a row, um, and and things must have been very good. And and then we find ourselves now four defeats on the trot. Uh, it, it's tempting to think, well, what went wrong? Yeah, it's weird because like we haven't really changed the group. I I, I think we. Like I said, for even the Shields game up today, and I thought we played really well. And then, and this is football as well, where how quickly it can just turn in two weeks. And you, now we've lost, lost four. And fair, we're a bit sitting there thinking what what we're doing differently, and and it's kind of a bit of a mind boggle. But I think we just need to go back to basics and just do the little things right and take our chances when they come. Defend with our hearts out. Like I think. I think that Warrant game was probably the biggest at that game this year. We defended for 90 minutes. Even Radcliffe away, we defended with our hearts and we got the clean sheets in, in both games. And I think that's when we need to start doing again and just be harder to beat. And uh, just to, to give us a bit of an insight, uh, match day, 
um, Saturday, for example. Um, what, what's your ritual? What's your day? How do you uh, prepare for the game? Well, I'll probably wake up probably about half nine-ish, ten, and just probably just have a glass of orange juice or something just, just to get up. Um, if it if it's at home, I'd meet I'd meet Josh Barrett and Hezzy, uh, Simon Heslop, uh, probably about 12-ish, get to the ground for about one. Uh, meet time's only about half one, but I like to get there just a bit earlier. Uh, and you just have a bit of bit of crack and banter with the lads once they're there. Uh, and then I'll probably go out about 10 past two and have my warm-up. And then that, that's pretty much my my day up until kickoff. It was just nice and relaxed. Not, nothing. Don't worry too much about the games. What will happen will happen. You just believe in yourself and you do the stuff. Uh, and then obviously go out and you, hopefully at five o'clock you got three points. In terms of a goalkeeper's preparations, uh, how would you say it differs from, from say, uh, the outfield players? Well, if I, uh, I think, uh, especially for me, I, it's like specific stuff I, I like to work on as a warm-up, when I'm looking at the outfielders, it's, they just do like a possession box, really, just to get the ball at the feet and pass. But I think with the keepers, you just need to kind of do warm-up and get the sharpness in and just get your mind ready uh, for the game. I, as a keeper's warm-up, for me, like it'd be like 20 minutes longer than an outfield like warm-up. So it just differs in that kind of stuff. And and is it right that it, it is good for a goalkeeper just to to get an early touch on the ball, just to get a nice easy catch in the first couple of minutes, just to sort of get your eye in? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, definitely. I think like a big thing for me is like I like with my kicking. I always love to just get that first goal kick swing right, and it kind of just just relaxes you into the game. And with anything like a cross or whatever, just. That first, you do that first thing well. It just relaxes into the game, and it's just it just flows naturally. Instead of like having a back of your mind that you've had like two bad kicks or maybe missed a cross, and you have to do well on the next one. So, so then you start to worry a little bit. But yeah, you know, it just helps you just relax and soothes uh, you into the game. Um, and in terms of uh, your opponents this season, I mean, do you do you tend to do research? Do you look at the strikers? Do you sort of maybe try and find some footage of them taking penalties, for example? And you know, they tend to go left or they tend to go right. Do you, do you go into that much detail? Uh, I wouldn't say so. I do have a little look at it as a team overall, like on my phone, just to see what the form's like and whatever. Uh, Shouldn't go into it too much, but it just it just gives you a bit of an idea how they're doing as a team. Um, I think with penalties, even if you can study them, it it doesn't. I don't. For me, it's just literally you you pick a side and you just go you commit fully, and then that that's what that's what I do personally. Yeah, um, and in terms of the uh, some of the places you go to in the the MPL, you, you'll find obviously uh, a real range of facilities uh, from from some probably not far off football league standard to to others where you you know you almost feel like you're playing a, in a parks field. But um, is there any particular that you you look forward to, or any particular that you really don't look forward to visiting? Um, I think. FC United when we played them, um, I think it was twenty eighth. That that'll be good because that's a decent little ground, um, and the atmosphere there should be quite. There should be quite a few fans there. So I always I always enjoy like uh, places just like with nice good atmosphere. And 
even though if I might get some stick, I, I, I find that funny uh, most of the time. So FC United probably would be up there. I think Shields, uh, that would be quite a good away day. Probably like the bigger games, it's, it's probably better. But then you get like, I remember going to like Grantham of a year and it was really windy and it's so open. So that that isn't like the best place to play. Um, so I'd, I'd say I'd say FC and Shields for the best probably are probably away. And you mentioned that uh, you might get a bit of stick. Obviously, the the goalkeepers uh, uh, are a little bit of sitting ducks, I suppose. Um, especially when you're you're back on your goal line, you've got uh, the opposition fans who tend to congregate behind the end that their side is attacking. Um, you say you tend to find it funny. Is that how you you sort of get through it? Do you give them a little bit of stick back? Do you sort of try and diffuse it and play along? What, what, what's your what's your strategy, or do you tend to ignore it? Uh, most of the time, I'll just ignore it and get on with it. A couple of times, I might turn around and just give them a little smile. Um, just try to take it lightheartedly. Uh, I think it's different when it gets a bit personal, but I haven't really had that yet. Because um, I think personal is a bit different to giving a bit of banter and a bit of stick. But normally, I'd ignore it. And if it get, does get any fairly bad, hopefully we, we win and I can just turn around and celebrate. And then that that's the way I would respond most of the time. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is the best way to to get back at them with a with a victory. Um, yeah. And in terms of things at, at York City, your parent club, uh, the new stadium there is open and uh, and being in use. Uh, they they seem to have got over though their initial slump this season. Presumably, you're you're in touch with with people at, uh, at City quite regularly still. Yeah, yeah. I'm in WhatsApp groups and that, and just wish them all the best for the games. Uh, yeah, like the first few games, I think that they've just got a few bad results. But again, it's it's football. Like we've kind of gone the other way to them. Like we, we've started really well, and they've just like gone through a bit of a down downside, and they've they've kind of got a few better results. But like the their stadium, I played in that stadium pre-season. That's it's so nice, and especially when you've got that that great stadium, you you kind of want to be doing well as a team. So it's. Uh, so I think they've got FA Cup tomorrow. So if they get a win and get into the next round. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, York City against Eppon Town in the second qualifying round of the FA Cup. And uh, in terms of stadium, I mean, what, what's the biggest one you've played at so far? Um, I haven't. I'd probably, I'd probably, it probably would have to be Chesterfield's. Uh, I think it's called ProAct. They're um, you've seen us with about 10,000, I think. Uh, I'd, I'd probably have to be that one. I, well, second one would be probably LNER, uh, but York City's new one. That's eight and a half thousand. So it's probably one of them two with them two. Yeah. Um, and uh, sort of in terms of uh, future ambitions, I mean, presumably uh, um, you're aiming of, of of going up through the leagues as uh, as the years progress. Uh, have you got any any particular goals in mind? I think just play hard, as hard as I can and just give, give it my all. Uh, I think I don't want to be coming out of football in two years and looking at thinking, could I have done more? Uh, I think that would be a big regret. So I just work work my hardest and I, I, want, to, I want to play in the Football League. I want to play in the Premier League. So, But it, obviously, it's going to, it, not everyone gets a chance and it's a... Uh, it's a very, very hard, hard thing to do that. But if I can play in football league, that'll be a, 
I think a realistic goal, but Premier League would be the top of my goals I do want to play in. Yeah, and uh, where do you go for advice then in uh, uh, in football? Uh, are there particular people in the in the dressing room at Scarborough that you would make a beeline for? Uh, I'd probably go to someone like Kula because he's kind of been up and around there and he's experienced it. I think, obviously, the gaffer, Jono, and Ingy both, you could go could go for them for advice with anything Jono's played. Jono's got a Champions League medal at the end of the day as well. He's been in the squad uh, in the Champions League final, so he's definitely got bags of experience. Uh, you think you're older pros anyway, like York, when they've been in, around the game for a while, it's they're the ones you'd probably go to advice for. Yeah, and, and is it something you, you do tend to do quite often or are you a little quieter? Do you go away and sort of study things yourself or how, how do you tend to uh, to do things? I'm probably, I'm kind of just keep myself to myself most of the time. I wouldn't say shy, but I, I, I just, uh, I wouldn't really go to it unless I really needed it about something. I, I'm probably... Well, I'll just do it myself and crack on with it. So quite independent. Can you remember the best advice you were ever given? Oh, yeah, not off the top of my head. No, I might be quite a bit of think, thinking that. <laughs> well, maybe come back to that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we mentioned the FA Cup. York are in the uh, in the qualifying rounds um, on Saturday. Um, is that a competition you've had much experience of so far? Uh, I've been in, uh, I think we got to the first round of the year at York. I've played a few times in it in like the early qualifying rounds, two or three times, I think. Um, and is it even, I think we played lower lower league opposition, but it was still a great experience because it's still the FA Cup and just to, uh, just to say you've you've played in it is quite a good it's quite a good feeling. And then I was on the bench when when we played in the first round. Um, we lost to Altrincham over year. Um so it was so that that's as a player as well. So as a as a fan I've seen us seen York playing like the FA Cup third round against Stoke and Bolton when I was a bit younger as well. So that was quite a good experience to go and watch. And I think I think Ingy was playing in both as well. So so yeah. I was going to say, does it still have a bit of magic about it? I think uh, when you're uh, probably a young, uh, a lower, lower league team, because if you get a few good results, it's money for a club. And I think the the third round for a lower league team is it's really the final because you you want to get you want to play against a, a big a big club like a big Premier League club. So I think that's. That's probably the final for most of the clubs, uh, especially the lower end of a pyramid. And, and and who would be the dream if you could almost script it third round proper? Who would you really like to play against the most? Probably Man United, just just to be at Old Trafford, like on the say, like being on the pitch or being on the bench or whatever. That would be quite a good good experience. Uh, so I'd probably probably be them. Yeah, um, and you talked about uh, being on the terrace, seeing York City play uh, against the likes of Stoke City and Bolton Wanderers. Uh, were you a regular at uh, Bootham Crescent as it was then? Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, since I was eight, I was like a season ticket holder with my dad. So we went 
for a good five, six years. Then I started getting free tickets when I got into the academy. So, so I've been, uh, I must have seen quite a lot, a few hundred games, I reckon. So it's, it's been, uh, been quite a whirlwind to actually sign for him as well. So it's good. I was going to say, it must have been a little surreal um, having, uh, as you say, watched uh, two, three hundred games uh, as a supporter and suddenly actually being on the pitch yourself. Did you ever have any any moments where you were almost pinching yourself thinking, I, I was stood over there last week and now I'm now I'm in the goal, I'm playing? Yeah, yeah, it's quite... Um... It is quite weird when I when I think about it, and like even like I see like old videos of York playing the FA Cup, and it's at Boo, and you think oh, I've stood there, and 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 things like that. So it was, it's couldn't even. I know like there were a lot of my mates there, they're like Man United fans and everything like that, and like what Man United is to them is like York City to me. So to play from, I, I know they're not Premier League, but it's still been a, it's still a great feeling to to put on a shirt for for York City. Yeah, and, and uh, after you signed for them, uh, when was the first time you you know you you looked around and you actually felt like you know you, you really belong there? Uh, probably. I, I felt quite uh, probably probably when I, my first year scholar just being in and around all the, the place all the time, and you you just and I kind of just thought, oh, well, I've kind of I'm, I'm properly settled in now, and because. For most of my under sixteens, I was injured with a broken knee, so I wasn't really, wasn't really in in and around like the training and that. So, so I'd, I'd say yeah, first year scholar, just actually being in in every day and training, and it, that was probably the first time I thought, yeah, I belong here. Yeah, and um, and of course that's uh, um, that was been quite an experience. Did did you do the whole um, having to clean the pros' boots and things like that as well as you made your way up? Yeah, yeah. We once once like your first year scholar, second year we was changing rooms, cleaning balls, cleaning all equipment. Um, yeah, clean. Yeah, you got assigned to a pro uh, to clean the boots. So it's, it's quite a. You want all it wasn't just football. That, that, that's what it was. It was a lot of cleaning. You felt like a you did actually feel like a like a full time player some days, but that, that was just a part of it. And I think it was even worse like twenty thirty years ago when they did stuff like that. And um, in terms of goalkeepers, I want to dispel a few myths. I mean, the first one that people always say, to be a goalkeeper, you have to be a little bit mad. Um, you know, obviously you're getting the ball clagged against you from short distance and it can be quite a lonely uh, role on the field. Uh, do you go along with that? Is, is there always a little bit of madness in each goalkeeper? Well, well, I don't think I'm mad, but other people might detest. Uh, I think... I, I can see why people say it, uh, definitely, because you sometimes you put in your head like n- like next to a player's boots and you're getting kicked in the head and getting balls pelted at you. Uh, so I can you have kind of got a, a little bit of a little bit of madness in you, I suppose. Um, and when was the first time you realised you wanted to play in goal? Can you remember as a as a youngster? Um, it was quite. I think I was about nine or ten and. Me and my dad used to go to like a field and he used to go and go, he used to shoot and he, he always remembered me being quite, uh, did all right and he just rang Fulford up a Sunday league team and and the, the coach just said, oh, what, what position do you reckon it would be? And my dad was like, oh, well, he's all right in goal to be fair. So that's how it kind of 
kind of just started to, I was just play. I used to just play and go with my dad and he thought I, I looked at half decent. So he, he kind of signed me up as it. That's interesting. Did you ever play any go, any games uh, out of net at all? Yeah, I have done. I've played a couple, like, when you when you're younger, like tens and elevens, you used to play like two games. So a second game, I play outfield. Uh, I remember I played a couple outfield games at school because um, we had two keepers. So I used to play sometimes outfield. So I've experienced the outfield, but I'm just I don't think I'm fit enough to to do that. You mentioned your your dad quite a lot, uh, and and understandably, I'm sure he's been a a big part of uh, of your football career. I imagine as you used to watch York with him, he he must be a pretty proud man after you signed for them. Yeah, he was. He was definitely proud. Yeah, look, I all my family were my mum and sister, and obviously extended family. But yeah, I think he he was the biggest one. He, he he's come to as many games as he can to watch. Um, He's even had to get trained a couple of times on his own to come watch me as well. So he, he's definitely, definitely real, real proud of me. And obviously, big dad to my mum and dad as well because they've had to, like my mum, she's had to take me to training a lot of the times when I couldn't drive. And they've done a lot of things for me, which obviously I'm going to notice for me. They might think it has, but it definitely hasn't. Very good. And uh, you mentioned uh, about your, your strategy when it comes to uh, to penalties. Um, I mean, what kind of things are you are you looking for? Are you watching where the the striker's looking, or, or the kick taker, I should say, where they're looking in the net and things like that? You're looking at the position of the the foot as they take it, or you kind of going on your gut instinct. Uh, I think sometimes I look at a run up because if it's too straight, then it'd be tough for them to go to go to my it would be to my left. It did normally would have to try whip it. So I think. Think looking over and the same the other way. If you go, if you go too wide, it's going to be hard to get the foot round it to put it into the left hand corner. So little little things like that, um, I, I kind of kind of look at. Um, but sometimes it's it's just a bit down to luck, and you, you get you guess the right way. But I think you've just got to commit yourself when you go, and just hopefully they date it that way. And I always think when it comes down to a penalty shootout. This is the dream for the goalkeeper, boss. Usually the goalkeeper is always the, the last form of defence, the most pressure on him. If a goalkeeper makes a mistake in open play, nine times out of ten, it's a goal. Um, but now the penalty shootout kind of turns the tables and the goalkeeper can't really lose um, as he's expected not to make the save. Um, is, is that the feeling for you if it's a penalty shootout? Is it right? Here we go. Yeah, it's just I think it's your chance to be to be the hero. Um uh, yeah, they, obviously there might be sometimes you think, oh, could I save that? But some, but penalty, the penalty taker should be favourite uh, every time. Um, so if you ended up saving like a couple of penalties and you win the shootout, you you deemed as a hero. But if you lose, you just not really you're like, oh, unlucky, you, unlucky, you couldn't do much about it. So it's it's kind of a win-win situation. And can you remember your first penalty shootout? Oh. Can't remember the first one, but I remember the last one because that was, uh, I think that was Scarborough in the North Riding Cup. Uh, right, okay, talk us through it. Uh, I think it was, it might be March 2019 or something. Uh, we, we drew a nil-nil at Flingoland Stadium. This was for York against Scarborough. Um, and I think, we, I think 
I think our three York players missed me. I think Tommy Taylor saved one and they Sky two and I didn't save one that day. But so we lost three nil, I think. Um but that was uh I think that was my last one. I can't remember one after that. Um uh, so that yeah, that would be in the uh my last one. But yeah, I didn't save one. But again, it's just like you couldn't do anything about it, so it's, you, you can't really lose with it. I was going to say, and you obviously didn't hold it against uh, the athletic supporters. Uh, I presume they were they were still quite vociferous, even though it was the the North Riding Cup rather than a league game. Yeah, yeah, it was quite a big crowd at night because I think York brought a few as well. So I remember going behind, going to one of the goals, and I was getting a lot lot of abuse. Uh, but yeah, I didn't. I don't know. Any fans, any club would, would do that, anyways. So I I couldn't hold it against them. I was going to say York and Scarborough. There, there is a little bit of a rivalry going back to the, the days that York City and, and Scarborough FC used to meet in the in the football league and in the conference. Uh, do you think that rivalry is still around? Yeah, I think it is a is a little bit. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm probably a bit too young to to know it, to understand it fully, but I, I knew I know there is a bit of that uh, bit a bit a bit of rivalry there between the two clubs, and uh, you could tell you could tell on the night there was. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's something that uh, that I think my dad knows quite a bit about, and he, he told me before playing it could be a bit it could be a bit hostile tonight uh, when I was there. So yeah, yeah, I was going to say, and presumably there's there's a bit of a feel that it'd be nice if uh, you could have those uh, uh, those rivalries going again, those derbies, and and albeit in a in a higher league, maybe to get back up to the Conference North and even the Conference National. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be good. I think we need to hopefully the high high better we do, we have got a chance of getting up, so uh, it'll be good. Yeah, and the current rivalry I think is uh, is Whitby Town, Whitby Town Scarborough mm. uh, again, quite vociferous on both sides, I would think. Yeah, I remember last year before COVID stopped the league and be, being uh, playing at home, I think we won two one that day, uh, Scarborough. So that that was quite a uh, I wouldn't say it was hostile, but you could tell there was, was a bit of beef between fans. Uh, I think I've seen a bit on Twitter where, because I follow both Whitby and Scarborough, and I can see each other's fans commenting on stuff. Uh, uh, I think, well, banter or whatever you want to take it as. So, and I think we've got them soon. I think the 12th of October, so that's going to be a good, good game at Whitby's ground. Yeah, we'll put the Torbay Express Stadium. Yes, I remember the two-one uh, from just before the uh, uh, the COVID uh, hitting, uh, and I think it was Nathan Cartman who very much enjoyed his his winning goal um, in that game uh, right in front of the Whitby fans. Um, so, uh, so yeah, always a, a good rivalry there, um, and good to see. There's a, there seems to be a few more northeast teams in the MPL as yet. They've, they've uh, made a bit of a restructure. Um, a, a few, uh, a few less of the uh, the crazy trips down to the West Midlands, which I think makes uh, makes people happier. Yeah, yeah, and especially especially this level, you, you, if you're travelling over two hours, it becomes a bit of a, a bit of a farce for some people. Um, but yeah, I think obviously, I think the closer better. There's a lot of Manchester teams, I think, so that that's only. That's not too bad for myself, but from Scarborough, it's it's kind of anywhere. I think it's a bit far, especially to York. York's about forty-five minutes to an hour, and another an hour and a half. So you're looking at two and a half hours to Manchester. You're probably looking at three and a half to like Midlands teams. So it's good that they've kind of been taken out. It's been a restructure. 
Yeah, I was going to say you, you talked about your your uh, ritual for the for the home games. Uh, how does it go for for away days? Uh, it's it, pretty much just it's, it's similar. Uh, I probably obviously wake up earlier because I'll be setting off earlier. Uh, that's all it is. I probably would still like to get there earlier, just so especially if I'm dri- driving or whatever. You like there just for a, go get there a bit earlier, go for a little walk, and just just relax. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, do you do you meet up with the bus at some point, or do you tend to drive direct to games? And is it always with the same lads? Uh, yeah, normally just go direct, uh, and it's I'm not only with uh, like Hezzy and Baz, uh, Josh Barrett and Simon Eslop. Uh, that that's kind of our car school that we, we we'll go together for most places. I was going to say, are, are you all sort of York based? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, well, I'm. In York and one's Sammy Bridge and one's Wilberforce, so all kind of quite close together. Yeah, I was going to say in terms of where everybody's from, you know, like a, a Jimmy and, and, and Michael Coulson, a Scarborough lads. Uh, but is there a, a bit of a mix around the country? Uh, is there anybody who's making a, a crazy long journey for training? Uh, I think Glynny's from Oldham, uh, so that's like Manchester, and there's a couple like near Sheffield and that. Uh, but the I think the good thing is that we train in York as well, so it's kind of it's not too. It's only about an hour and a bit uh, for training, and obviously you got when you go at home, it's, it's obviously that I probably an hour extra. But uh, I think training in York helps a lot with bringing players in because I think if you train in Scarborough, it's, it's going to be a long old journey for a lot of people. So it kind of helps like bring players in for training in York. Just finally, Ryan, just going uh, uh, to the present day. Um, obviously, Scarborough in a, a poor run of form at the moment, looking ahead to, to Grantham Town next Saturday. And as you'd ex- ex- expect, supporters are, um, are, are disappointed and frustrated. Do you have a message for the fans at all? Just just keep sticking with us and believing us because you can see like what we've done in the first five, six games and we, we can do it just in a bit better form but uh, it can easily easily turn good as it has done bad a little bit so just stick and keep supporting keep 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 the atmosphere good at the Fingerland Stadium and hopefully we can just turn things around in the next few games That's great Ryan thanks very much for joining us here on the Coast and County Radio Extra Time Podcast My pleasure thank you Andrew That's brilliant mate I appreciate that um, so that'll go out tomorrow at 5 um, and then it will be available as a, as a standalone podcast a little bit later on in the evening, mate. All right. Oh, that's smashing. Thank you, Andrew. All right, mate. Enjoy your night and uh, thanks for your time. Yeah. Uh, cheers. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.